Chapter Twelve of the Pony Rider Boys on the Blue Ridge. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan. The Pony Rider Boys on the Blue Ridge by Frank G. Payton. Chapter Twelve. Facing New Obstacles. Leave the ridge, cried the boys in chorus. Leave these mountains, is that what you mean? demanded the professor indignantly. I reckon it is. Why so? Why should we leave here until we have finished our journey? injected Tad, eyeing the man keenly. Because I say so, I'm not talking to you. But I'm talking to you, sir. I'm one of the interested parties, you see, and I want to know. I'm from Missouri also, spoke up Ned, stepping forward. I'm one of the leading citizens of that state, too, said Chunky. I'm not a voter, but I can make just as much noise as any voter in the state when it comes to the cheering, declaring the fat boy, pushing his way into the semicircle about the visitor, who was seated on a rock with a rifle over his knees. Maybe you fellows think this is a joke. Anybody think so from the way you act, snapped the officer. Far from it, replied the professor sharply. Well, you got to get, that's all, and right smart at that. How do we know you're an officer, demanded Butler. Because I say so. Oh, that's no proof, declared Ned boldly. Your authority, what is your authority, urged the professor. I reckon this is authority enough, declared the man tapping his rifle significantly. Oh, we got the same kind. Several of them, in fact, answered Butler with a good-natured laugh. When it comes to that, I think you will find our authority fully as convincing as yours. For the moment, the matters looked serious. The man's face turned red. He shifted his weapon a little and glared at the young men who are really uttering a challenge. Whether or not you are an officer, I do not know, went on the professor. However, I have a right to know why you make this singular request. No request about it, I told you to mosey. But why? You're on government property. Well, what of it? You've been shooting on government property. I deny it, thundered Professor Zeppelin, slapping his thigh with the flat of his hand. We may have been shooting, but not a game, explained Tad. Professor, are we on a government reservation? I'm not aware of the fact, was the reply, made in half sarcastic tone. I'll look at the map. Go and bring it, Tad. Stay where you are, commanded the officer. My, but he's touchy, isn't he? wondered the fat boy. Guess we'll have to serve him up the same way we did chops last night, rope and sit on him. What is your name? asked Professor Zeppelin, re regarding the man shrewdly. Never mind about my name. Uncle Sam is a good enough name. Depending upon who wears it, scoffed Ned Rector. See here, I don't want to hear any more of your talk, not from any of you. You're an impudent lot of youngsters, though you're old enough to know better. Well, will you kindly direct your conversation to me, Mr. Mann? broke in the professor. I'm in charge of this party and wholly responsible for anything they may do. In the first place, I deny that any of us has shot any game on the ridge. In the second place, I know of no law that will prevent us from passing over a government preserve. 
though there are preserves where firearms are not permitted. Well, this is one of them, interrupted the man. Where did the preserves end and where did they begin, demanded Tad shrewdly. The mountaineer hesitated. For the moment he appeared confused. Then he made his answer. I reckon a few miles this side of Hunt's Corner and onto the other side of old Smoky Ball. Nonsense, exploded Butler. I don't believe it. Quiet, Tad, rebuked the professor. Say you, Mr. Man, we don't talk business on Sunday, spoke up Stacy. Come around tomorrow morning and we'll talk to you during business hours and give you all the talk you want with a little something else if you're looking for trouble. I guess you're just another one of those bad men from Smoky Creek, and the further up you get, the worse they are. The face of the officer turned white with anger. I agree with the young man, nodded the professor. You may call here tomorrow morning, stranger. We shall be here until nine o'clock, after which we no doubt will be on our way towards Smoky Ball, provided we do not change our minds. By that time we shall be in a position to talk more intelligently with you, and perhaps you and your part will be able to converse more courteously. Good day. The professor uttered the words with more than his usual firmness. Always firm and decisive in his manner of speaking, the present utterances were calculated to impress to whom it was directed. The supposed officer started, shifted his gun, then rose angrily. I haven't got time to argue here all day. Nor have we, replied Professor Zeppelin evenly. I reckon my boss will have something to say when I report how you used a government officer. If you could show us any good reason why we should be ejected, we should be glad to comply with your command. As it is, I don't believe you have the least right in the world to order us from the ridge. If such a right exists, you wouldn't have to order us off. We would go without being told, said Professor Zeppelin. If you don't keep shut, I'll arrest the whole pack and parcel of you. I should esteem it a favor if you would, retorted the professor belligerently. The boys wanted to cheer Professor Zeppelin, but they, but they didn't think it would soothe the spirits of the visitor. I'll give you tomorrow morning to get off the range, declared the man. If you're here, it'll be the worse for you. I reckon I haven't gotten any more to say. I'm glad of that. You've said quite enough already, snorted Professor Zeppelin. Without another word, the stranger got up and strode away. Tad stood still for a moment. Then he sulked away on the trail of the late visitor. Tad, Tad, called the professor. Where are you going? I'll be back in a minute. I'm just going over here a piece. Don't worry, I may learn something, answered the boy, trotting back so that the stranger may not hear what he was saying. I reckon I'll go with you, announced Ned. But Tad merely shook his head and disappeared around the corner of a rock. The lad came upon their visitor much sooner than he expected. In fact, the Pony Rider boy had a narrow escape from being discovered had he not thrown himself flat on the ground. The mountaineer surely would have seen him. Tad was screened by a clump of bushes through which he was peering. The late visitor started on. Then, when he considered it safe to do so, Tad followed. A short distance from the camp, the visitor paused, giving a low whistle. Another man rose and came forward to meet him, much to the lad's amazement. Good gracious, the woods appear to be full of these fellows. I wonder what it means. Tad's question was not to be answered at that moment. 
After holding a brief conversation, the two men walked away together. Butler saw them mount their ponies that they had secreted among the trees and ride away. Oh, a precious pair of rascals, decided the pony roided boy, hurrying back to camp. Well, you came back with a whole skin, didn't you? grinned Ned. Did you discover anything, Tad? asked the professor. Yes, sir, I did, though I don't see that the knowledge I gained is going to be of any great use to us. What is it? There are two men. The man who was here met another fellow in the clearing over yonder. They talked together a little and then rode away. It's my opinion that something is going on in these mountains and that it might be a good idea for us to keep a weather eye open. What did I tell you? demanded Stacy. About what? questioned Tad, turning to his companion. About the blind man, and the one-eyed horse, and the black cat, and the and the three-legged rat, answered the fat boy triumphantly. Oh, I knew something was going to happen. Chops knew it, too. These gnomes weren't roosting on the rocks for nothing. I guess I know something about gnomes. Look out for the black cat. He's a troublemaker. Oh, we have important matters to discuss, interrupted Professor Zeppelin. Be good enough to cease your nonsense, Stacy. Nonsense! Nonsense! Well, I like that. Here I give you warning of trouble, and you call it nonsense. I'd like to see any weather bureau hit off the weather as closely as I hit off trouble. You cause more than you hit off, answered Tad. Professor, what do you make of this? Nothing. I don't know what to think of it. Nor do I, but as I said before, it seems to me that if that fellow really is an officer, he must be crazy. Oh, I forgot we were going to look at the map. To be sure. You will find it in my duffel bag. Walter ran to the bag, returning with the map, which they straightened out on a rock, placing four small stones on the corners to keep the map open. There is the southern line of the government preserves, said Tad, pointing. About where are we now? asked Rector. I should say about here, answered Butler, laying a finger on a dark spot on the map. Here's Smoky Bald. And here's the pass in which we encamped, and yonder is the rise of ground over which we came on our way from Hunt's Corner. According to my reckoning, we must be a good twenty-five or thirty miles to the south of the government line. I guess we got our friend now. He's a scoundrel, cried the professor. He is, he must be, declared Tad. But what have the men in mind? Oh, that remains to be seen, replied the professor. Perhaps their only object is to get rid of us, and perhaps, perhaps they're planning some crooked business, finished Butler. What have you decided to do, professor? What do you boys wish to do? We don't want to turn back if we can help it. So long as we are convinced that the fellow is a fraud, I say let's go right along regardless of him and his crooked business, urged Tad. Are you all agreed on this, boys? demanded the professor. We are, cried the Pony Rider boys. Then the matter is definitely settled. We move tomorrow morning, the same as usual, and if our friend sees fit to interfere with us, we will show him that we are well able to take care of ourselves, that we are not a bunch of tenderfeet, declared the professor belligerently. End of chapter 12 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan